I think for the most part, we can all agree on this point, that there are some really good, generous, empathetic, rich people. Isn't that what we all want to be? Kind to people, give to people. And we can agree on this too. There's some real mean, poor people. Okay, I think we can agree on those two points. How are you? How are you, my friend? Welcome back. Welcome to A Place for Joy and our chat, Life and Faith. And today, you already know that we're continuing part two of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Did you bring a friend? And if you're a friend who kind of just stopped by, welcome, welcome, join us. I'm not going to make this too long for the beginning and introduction, not because I'm not so grateful that you're here, but just so we can get in some points and move along and dive in to the word today, because that's what our faith chats are about. So we're talking about the rich man and Lazarus. Go ahead, get your favorite drink, get your pencil and paper, and I know you're ready to share. Please put it down in the comments. Now, if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. And thumbsing it up when you hear something that's encouraging and you can share, it helps YouTube. Seriously, that's what you're asked to do. It helps YouTube to know that people like what you're putting out so they can send more people that are like-minded your way. So help me out, okay? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's start. The Rich Man and Lazarus. If you've checked it out, and if you've thought about it this week, for any amount of time, if you meditate it, what are some things that the Holy Spirit revealed to you? Could you please share them in the comments? Because God is so all-encompassing. What you might see, I might not see. And if we see it together, he might reveal and peel back different things to us. And it's all to draw us closer to him and to learn to be kind to one another. So there's some quick observations that you probably already noticed, but I'm going to share some things that are seemingly obvious, but important to the Holy Spirit. Here's some things that the Holy Spirit revealed to my heart, and maybe it's because the messages were for me. One, and what is interesting is anything I say, it is up to you and I plead with you for anyone sharing anything from the word of God. Go check it out for yourself. And it shouldn't be a lone truth. Everything is woven together in the Bible masterfully because it is the word of God. So there should be things backing it. Not our feelings, but there should be word backing it from the New Testament to the Old Testament, all fitting together because Jesus is the word of God. Here's one. Jesus said to the disciples, so speaks to us and is relevant for today. 
He said, the poor you will always have with you. That's when Judas brought up an objection for the woman who poured out her savings, her earnings in the ointment that she poured on Jesus' feet and she just worshiped before him. And Judas rebuked her and he said, this money could have been taken and used for the poor. And Jesus said, leave her alone. Wherever this gospel is preached, her name will be said in remembrance for what she did for me. That's a whole message in itself. And he said, the poor you will always have with you. Speaking, inferring, layered, that you always have an opportunity to do something for the poor. The poor aren't going anywhere. So let's talk about that. Let's visit that. Was it bad that there was a rich man? I don't believe so. Jesus said there was a rich man and there was a poor man. Jesus dealt with reality. That's how he taught the people. We're in this world. There are inequities, injustices. Where we are born, we don't choose. Where we end up, our choice. But there are extenuating circumstances, sometimes manipulating situations that we have no idea about. So we know there is a rich man and there's a poor man. And the Lord didn't go into the details about why one person was rich, if his father left him an inheritance, if he won the lottery, if he was a hard worker. And the story doesn't go into detail telling you how this man got poor, how he ended up at this man's gate, just hoping for scraps. It doesn't tell you how they got to where they were. And a lot of times we don't know that. And we can't spend our time wondering, well, how come they got all that money? Or how come that person's so poor? That that wasn't the point of apparently Jesus's message. He didn't get into that. He didn't in, get, even get into the systems of the world or how wicked the government was in this story. He didn't say any of that. But he went into detail speaking about what this rich man was wearing and what this rich man did. And then he contrasted it by the economic situation of this poor man who was at his gate and what he needed. Hmm. So that's what we're supposed to be thinking about because that's what was presented. That's what he was teaching. And then the question is why? So friend, why? What do you think? What do you pray about? What came to you? I would love to know. Here's what came to me. Again, God was aware of both of their economic statuses and he did nothing about it. One was rich, one was poor. I think that that was not what sent this rich man, his riches to hell. I think it was what he did. And I know that we can do nothing to buy our salvation. And in my last video, I kept saying, what are we doing? That, that, that wasn't it. So I hope you got that clear. And I hope that if you are a believer, you already know that we're saved by grace. 
And if you happen to just be listening and maybe you're searching and looking, there's nothing we can do that can buy the love of God or can buy salvation. There's no amount of works, none. The gift, the free gift of God is that he made human flesh. He put it on. He came. He gave his only begotten son. What precedes that verse is for God so loved the world no exceptions, that he gave. So God's love does action, is not feeling. God didn't sit and just tremble and send out Valentine's Day gifts and hearts and candy. He gave the most precious to him. He gave of himself. Um, the Bible says he, 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 he made a body. He came, he humbled himself. He got in touch with the things that we do. He was tempted in all points like us yet without sin. And then he surrendered his will to the father. After saying, is there any way I can get out of this? Because we don't like being uncomfortable, man. And he surrendered. And then he gave up his life for us. And then Jesus said, Father, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. And he brought us back, him being the perfect sacrifice. Why does all of this fit into this parable? Well, I just shared the gospel for someone who's new. The gospel to remind us that we are so loved by God. To remind me that I'm so loved by God, to remind me. But then Jesus shared that there were two of all the Ten Commandments, and we love talking about the other ones. He shared with a man, a rich man. He said there are two, there are two, that all the laws and the prophet hangs on. We must love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, that's work, energy, something to do because God set that first. He did something. It cost him. It wasn't easy or comfortable. We were covered with icky sores. We were helpless. God came. And then he said the second part is to love our neighbor as ourselves. I can't go too far with that because I fail at that miserably, miserably. I want everybody to love me, to like me, to be nice to me, to be kind to me, to forgive me. But do I make an active effort to do that to someone else? especially, especially those in the realm of influence that God has put me in where I am the rich privy one because we're all more privy than someone else. I don't care how poor we think we are, how empty our bank account is, we still have more than someone else. And I don't know if they're a scam artist. I don't like scam artists. 
not saying that I know them. My friends are good. Because you see, you hang out with people who look like, smell like, act like, you know. And when I say look like, they don't have to be racially the same. Same kind of thinking. Um, and you're not going to everybody on the street corner to say, what are you doing? But what am I doing with what God has blessed me with? Because if I am a child of God, my cup runneth over because he's my shepherd. He said so. And if I am a child of God, he doesn't want me to think about it. He wants me to do something to help others, to demonstrate or to be a vessel that he pours his love through. I think that was the problem with the rich man. And you tell me, correct me if you think I'm wrong, because the Bible goes out of the way to say this. And I looked up so many different versions, even went into the commentaries. Some says that he ate scrumptiously every day. Some verses say, I mean, some translations, I'm sorry, says that he lived lavishly every day. Let me read to you from the New American Standard Version um, about this rich man. It says that now there was a rich man and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, enjoying himself in splendor every day. And let's try this one. English Standard Version. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. I think it's how he chose to use his day. Because since Jesus is recounting the story, I think that since time is a gift that we don't understand and quite appreciate that there is a time when it ends, we can talk about it, but understanding the whole gravity of time, I know I don't, and I'm not saying I use my time wisely, but during that time that God gave us, I believe we are accountable for learning who gave us the time, who gave us these blessings, getting to know him and his love for us is on us with whatever time we have. Learning to love God back with that time, with whichever way he, we allow him to teach us to show us because there are different paths for us in expressing that. And then in addition to that, learning to love others as ourself. I think that's what we're accountable for. And I think that's why Jesus made it a point of saying, this man had time to do something differently. And this man who was clothed in all of this splendor and had abundance every day could have done something for this poor man who was in dire need every day. And he didn't have to go to be a missionary or across the earth to find some project. Um, before I stop, 
when the Bible reads, it says even the dogs licked his sores. And it says it to me in a strange way that if the animal could see that this man needed comforting and ministering to, what happened to this son of Abraham? Because in the parable, he says, Father Abraham, when he's in hell. And I think what's scary, did this man go to the synagogue and do all the ritualistic things? You know how we do. Do I get dressed up and go to church and ignore the immediate needs of people made in the image of God? Maybe it's a smile. Maybe they actually need me to pray for them when they say so and for me to remember. I might be giving my tithe and offering religiously, but am I investing my time in more than me? Nothing's wrong with looking good, but am I looking good on the inside to God? Um, am I so comfortable and am I so protected and surrounded by God's goodness that I don't see outside? Am I ignoring what's in my community or my world that needs to be addressed? Not through just mouthing it, but loving God and loving man. Because at the end, um, this wasn't the only parable Jesus told. He told about, you know, the Samaritan, that the priest walked on the other side. He was watching and it took someone who was not of the inner circle of who they thought as a child of God from Abraham's group to take time to be inconvenienced, to put him on his mule, to take him, to pay for him to be ministered to. The thing about it is, friend, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because I know that's what you do. I know you're kind. You're probably kinder than me. But I think it's good for us to begin to pray that what matters to God matters to us. That we don't only see and live in our reality, that we're not mindful of the things that are really on the heart of God. And God tells us in his word what's really on his heart. <laughs> He, he, he says to visit those in prison. When, when last have we done that? You know, to see about the widow, to, to help the unfortunate because they can't see God in this state on earth, which by the way is temporal. There's a time limit. There's a clock ticking. There's an eternity. This story talks about it. It talks about it. We're, we're passing through. What difference are we making? And it's not supposed to be all about us. I, I think that's what I saw. And it's not condemning us having, but it's what we have. How are we using it? Because there's an accountability factor where our time, we need to find out 
about this God that we are either going to stand before and he knows us or he doesn't. And even if we think we sing all the right songs and do all the right things, we, we actually need to find out. I said it before. First, are we doing things his way? Because we're really good about thinking we can do anything we want and just think that God sanctions it. I have a feeling that's how this rich man felt. I also have a feeling that this poor man felt like <laughs> this world is rough. Is there no comfort? Is there no kind of help for people like me? And meanwhile, God had put him where he could get help. But this human being was so into living for himself that he missed out on an opportunity to share the love of God. I'll end by saying, and this is something I wrote for myself, maybe our prayer, to use our abundance, our position, our influence to touch and improve the lives of the marginalized that are closest to us. And pray that God uses us to be a bomb to heal those with sores at our gates. Yeah. There is a part three. I probably didn't tell you that, did I? Because we need to talk about, so what happens when we die? What were the amazing truths that Jesus shared? We won't meet next week because it's the Super Bowl and can't get in the way of the Super Bowl. So enjoy yourself, whatever team you're rooting for. And if you have no intentions of watching it, then please check out other episodes on my channel. Write something, share with a friend, or better yet, go make a difference in the life of someone that might be at your gate. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for coming back. Keep studying and diving deep into the Word of God. Grace and peace. Looking forward to seeing you in two weeks.